Hello, 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 and welcome back to the SLP Corner Podcast. If you are noticing that my voice is particularly crisp and clear, that is because I have a brand new microphone, and I am so excited about this. I got a brand new microphone over the weekend. This is my first time using it. I'm so excited. These are the little things, you guys. So I hope you enjoy the elevated quality of this podcast starting today. Some housekeeping things. Um, First of all, I'm having some very exciting guests coming on this summer. Some of the guests that I am having are... Emily Diaz SLP, Mrs. Speechy P, Lactation and Language, Learning with Chatterboxes, Life of a Doctor Mom. I'm also having Emily B. Speech and Kara Speech or Kara. Okay, so that's all very exciting. But I really want you guys to send me some messages of questions you want answered because how often do we get to pick someone's brain like Mrs. PGP, for example? She knows so much on neurodiversity and autism and all of the latest research and everything on that. And then lactation and language, we haven't had any topics covering that. So any questions you have for that? There's just so many different people coming on. Like Emily Diaz SLP, her thing is AAC. So she's going to be a huge um, resource for us on AAC. So that being said, there's just a lot of very exciting guests coming on. And it would be really... um, great if you guys want to send me some questions and if and if you're kind of like I don't even know then just enjoy the show when it comes out but if you're like you know what no I have some questions I'd love to have answered I am here and I want to get those questions answered so anyways all that said feel free to dm me I love using my solo podcast episodes just to kind of have a catch-up with us (laughs) and um yeah so that's one thing the other thing is if you have a chance to rate and review the podcast um i know on spotify a lot of you are like oh i want to rate but on spotify there isn't that option that's totally cool i don't use spotify i use apple Podcasts. but if you're listening on apple Podcasts or you have it on your phone it would really mean a lot it helps the show so much um to have a rating and to have a review so if you have a chance to do that that would mean so much And um, with that, today we're going to be talking about AAC. And specifically, we're going to be talking about AAC best practices. The reason that I thought it would be worthwhile is that I often get questions on AAC, but I think this is a good starting point because this is where I start when I do trainings, whether it be with the school team, like the EA and teachers and the support staff with the student that I might be working at, whether it's with the family to train them. It's so important just to start at the basics. And I think that the best way to go about this is talking about best practices. I also include this in the reports that I write for my AAC users. It just breaks it down. And I know a lot of us have learned this in grad school, but I think it's important to have a refresher on this. I'm also going to provide some resources for AAC um, training resources and different things that I found really helpful. So basically today we're going to dive into the best practices. If you're a new grad, this will be helpful to know before you are heading into your clinical practicum. So you have this information just have a little bit of more information on AAC because I know when I went to my grad program, 
we really only had one class or almost was like a part of a class. It wasn't even the entire term on AAC and huge majority of my caseload uses AAC. And I just think it's something that we can all um, be learning about and thinking about more often. So where did these best practices come from? They've just come from research on people who use AAC to communicate. So everything that I'm going to be talking about from the best practices, that's been generated from research. So there are four practices that have been proven to work across all the studies for AAC users. First, best practice number one is access. Access is basically they need to be able to access their device. We need their device present and around them throughout the entire day. That is the foundation of this all. That's why it's the first one. So just like we wouldn't expect an infant to learn language from exposure to language for one hour a day or a few hours a day or randomly throughout the day whenever people have a chance to <laughs> communicate or use their language around the infant. No, we, we want consistent access to language, which is the AC device. We want that throughout the entire day. We want them to be hearing it, seeing how it's used and interacting with it throughout the entire day. This is really important. So often when I start off my presentations with this piece of advice, I often have teachers go, what? It's been in their backpack. I didn't even know they had it. Or really? I always just take it out for free play. I never have it used throughout the day. So this is really important. And I know a lot of things seem obvious to us because we're SLPs, but this is definitely worthwhile to just start off your presentations talking about access. We need to have consistent access to their communication system. Bottom line. Okay, so naturally, once you have access to the device, the second best practice is modeling. So we need to model how we use the device um, and how they can use the device around them throughout the day. Just like we would model language to a child learning language um, for, through verbal speech, we would model on the AAC device. So you're going to notice like, and I often say this to people that I'm training, whether it be the family or staff um, at schools or their behavior team, things like that. This is very similar to just how children and babies learn language through their development. It's similar steps, right? You have access to it, you model it. We teach through modeling and same goes for our AAC systems. When talking about modeling, it's important to break down that you want to model in a lot of different ways. So we don't want to just focus on requesting. We might want to model what we're thinking, what we're doing, commenting, questions, things like that. And I'm going to get into core vocabulary, but I'll save that for best practice number three. For example, it's even worthwhile to model things that are particularly motivating. Sometimes that's a good place to start, right? So maybe if animals are really motivating or if they think something's really funny, you can model that um, like, oh, funny or fun, things like that. Anything that can really get them motivated and interested and you're just modeling the language that you're using throughout the time with them. One note on this is that I always tell parents and staff it is super overwhelming and you feel so lost on an AC device when you first pick it up. But don't let that stop you. If you're feeling lost and you're an adult and you already have a complex language system, could you imagine how a child would feel and they're already having maybe challenges with their verbal speech or they're minimally verbal and now they're um, getting this 
new input from this AAC device. And if you're feeling overwhelmed, just imagine how overwhelmed they're feeling. And it's okay to make mistakes on it and laugh about it with them. It's okay to be slow. It's okay to ask them. Sometimes they know where buttons are quicker than me. I might say to my kiddo that I'm working with, I can't find this button. And then they'll find it in one second. They're so proud of it. Um, But especially when a child is starting to learn a device, it's okay to learn together. You can screenshot the homepage at least so you have that core vocabulary main page and you can use it side by side with them in the session so you're really navigating where those buttons are and you're getting super used to it you can even laminate it and have it there um anyways yeah so it's definitely a learning curve but best practice number three is core vocabulary so this is really important and i think this is really really helpful for new grads and i think it's going to be super helpful in your training to emphasize this one is um you don't need to be worrying Actually, let's just slow down. First, I'm going to share that there's core vocabulary and there's fringe vocabulary. Core vocabulary are words that comprise 80% or more of what we say. And it's, I think, like consists of around 200 words max or less. And that's literally 80% of what people say throughout the day is just using core words. So these are very functional words like yes, no, more, go, on, off, in, out, help, want, need, things like that. You're going to see that. And I'm thinking of touch chat. I probably should have prefaced this all with I often think of touch chat and the reason why I think of touch chat when I'm talking about this is because a lot of the school districts use touch chat. So I typically try to use the AAC device or encourage parents to purchase the AAC device that the school will use because then the EAs actually know how to use it. If they get a different one, the EAs, I find that if if the support staff aren't sure how to use it, I just worry it will be used less and that it's usually a lot smoother of a transition heading into kindergarten when the school staff knows how so it's definitely worthwhile to check out what school district they're going to be attending um what AAC because often a school district will use usually like one form of AAC whether that's touch chat or maybe like speak for yourself things like that anyways so best practice number three focus on core vocabulary and I think this is such a relief to parents such a relief to people new to the device don't worry about all of those fringe words Really, you can actually get away with modeling a lot with just the core the core vocabulary on the home page. Don't worry about modeling your entire phrase. Model those key core words. This will really help them learn to navigate their system. And you're going to be emphasizing words that are very flexible for them. And they're very useful. They're going to get a lot of bang for their buck. They're going to get a lot of use out of these core words. So core vocabulary is the focus, which I think is a relief for everyone because it's overwhelming learning a new device. And that also goes along similarly with when we're talking about how learning and modeling and teaching AAC is similar to how we traditionally kind of teach children language as babies and toddlers and young children um we're focusing on core words or at least we often want to focus on core words and sometimes um we'll encourage parents to work work on those like functional verbs rather than um every animal name or every color name so if maybe a late talker comes in and they have three words and maybe their three words are just animals Maybe it would be helpful to work on a word like more help and they can get a lot of use out of those words. It can decrease frustration quicker. So um, same thing goes for this. The core vocabulary is super important to focus on. Best practice number four 
is communication opportunities. We have all of these important pieces. We have access, we have modeling, we have core vocabulary. We need to give them an opportunity to communicate, right? So we can model and we can expose them to it, but we also need to give them time to practice and time to use it on their own. So I'm going to take this from um, Speechy Musings. She has a training guide, which I highly, highly recommend. But she says that research has shown that in order for an AEC system to be most effective, AAC users need at least 200 opportunities to use it every day. While this might seem like a lot, think about how many opportunities typical verbal speakers have to speak in a day. So I'm going to say that one more time. Research has shown that in order for an AAC system to be most effective, AAC users need at least 200 opportunities to use it every day. 200, you guys. So this is like, this is the most important thing. We need to give them opportunities to use their device. They need opportunities to learn it. And one thing that I'm also going to say is oftentimes they are going to want to look through the pages let them. I would be very wary of removing the device because it looks like maybe they're, like I know when people aren't overly familiar with SLP or AAC, they get worried seeing the child spend time looking through the device and it almost seems like they're playing with the device, but that is going to help them learn. We want them to be intrinsically motivated to explore their device. That's how they're going to learn from it. We don't want to remove it just because it looks like they're playing with it. And you know what? Like they very well well might be playing with it. And playing with language, vocal play, playing with language is fun. And that's how kids learn. So we do not really want to take their communication system away from them when it looks like they're, and it looks like, and also they may be just kind of, glancing through it and checking it out and stuff like that. We want to give them opportunities to look through that. And we want to give them opportunities to learn how to use it um, and how to be able to communicate. These four best practices are access, modeling, core vocabulary, and communication opportunities. These are the foundation. When you're training anyone or you're providing a device and, and services on how to use the device, this is where you need to start. Progress with AAC can take a long time. Another thing that Speechy Musings says is seeing progress with AAC can take a lot of time and patience, but remind yourself that it takes a full year of exposure before babies start talking and even longer before they put together words. Give it time. Don't rush the process. I'm going to leave it off there. There's so much more we could go into. We could go over myths. We could go over types. We could go over really common things that might happen like maybe they don't want you to touch it. Maybe they um, are spending a lot of time playing around with it. Maybe like things like that, just those common questions. But I really just wanted today to be focused on the four best practices. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. And as always, please rate and review the podcast. And thank you so much for tuning in every week, you guys. I love being able to chat about SLP and get to know other SLPs in the field and like seeing your messages about what you took away from the podcast and what you enjoyed about it means so much to me. So I hope you guys have an amazing week and I will see you next Monday.